0: yo you got the happy shelf podcast here we're just chilling i'm leo i'm nick i'm isaac and we're trying something else new right now we're usually used to trying to do some retro video game videos
1: long format highly edited content and we want to make this a little simpler that way we can get a more consistent upload schedule so figured podcast was the best formula since we get to share our opinions
0: you get to listen to us so guys why podcast Well, essentially for me, it's like, I still want to be talking about games and the things I want to talk about. I want to talk about games. I want to talk about my toys. I want to talk about shows I'm watching, music, movies. I basically want a platform to be able to talk about what I want because it's fun. Shelf Space. Hence Uh, the name. Yeah. Yeah. um, Literally we came up with Happy Shelf just because. Uh, You know, taking an homage on on something like the name Happy Console Gamer, you know, I gotta give my shout-out to where I get my inspirations. Uh, So that's where the happy comes from. And the shelf, pretty self-explanatory. I keep a lot of things, as you can see probably right here if you're watching on the video format, I got a lot of things behind us on a shelf. As akin to many video game review <laughs> channels, <laughs> uh, but, like
1: GameSec said, every video game review channel just has to film in front of their shelf. You to just show need off that shelf,
0: man. <laughs> it, it, you, if you don't have a shelf behind you, what, what, what are you doing on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> turn the camera off, guy. Yeah. You wasted your money. Um, but basically, for me, you know, I'm a law student. I, I find this as uh, some easy we could chunk out even though it took us like an hour to set this up but yeah. it's our first recording <laughs> yeah. so no it's about yeah. to happen for sure for sure um
2: as far as me you know um going off what isaac said you know talking with people just about like video games pop culture movies anything you know it's just it's kind of exciting you know pretty much just put a mic in front of us and have at it, you know, no, and, that's fun, and always open to discussions. Getting other people's opinions is always something that I'm open to, you know.
1: Yeah. I'm looking forward to us actually disagreeing, kind of because yeah. uh, it's it's interesting to see how that dynamic will play out. That's where you get the meat and potatoes, potatoes, yeah. exactly.
2: I'm definitely the type of person who likes to hear other people's opinions, discourse, kind of, yeah, definitely. Um, so, um, what's our first topic, Leo? All
1: right, the first topic we're gonna get into is online shopping taking over, hmm. uh, the you know yeah brick and mortar type stores or toys r
2: us things like that we were briefly talking about this before we started but um um, one thing we're talking about specifically is um toys r us closing a lot of its stores what do you think about that isaac
0: i mean for me because i use toys r us a lot um i don't know if people listening i'm sure toys r us is no news to it being an outlet carrying well toys a shit ton Mm -hmm. of toys um A lot of people who are collectors actually still go to Toys R Us, regardless if they're kids or adults. And, uh, you know, they actually have this little section called the Collector's Vault. You'll see it there. Actually, since these stores are closing down, I might actually want to see if they'd get rid of that Collector's Vault banner that they have on that aisle. That'd be pretty cool. I think I would probably want that on, like, display (laughs) or something. But... uh, R.I.P. Toys R Us, man, because I, I go there a lot still to this day. I, there's a town I go to, I, they got a they got a record and music and VHS and cassette store Rasputin. all in one. Rasputins, uh, shout out to Rasputin's. if you got one, you know what's up. Uh, and then there's Toys R Us there, and there's an Fye in the same town. And then you know they got the mall there, they got Game Stops. I can I can make my stops essentially when I go there. Toys R Us is always a pivotal one because I find things like my NECA's, uh For those of you listening who are collectors, NECA's do pretty good lines of action figures from movies. You'll find things like Terminator. You'll find things like, I've recently seen, uh, I don't know if it's NECA or not, but they've been doing like Clockwork Orange stuff. Uh, For me, I really like the Gremlins line. I know a lot of people love the Alien series that they do. Uh, They've done Prometheus and stuff like that. Um, With the recent Alien movie that they've done, they've done, you know, White Xenomorphs and stuff like that. But uh, for me, it's, I love it, because it's like kind of a pseudo-online shop being, it, it's like stuff I feel like I would have only seen online, but for some reason it's here physically in front of me.
2: Yeah. Um, what do you, what's your take on that, Leo?
1: I'm admittedly part of the reason why it's closing down, to be completely <laughs> frank. Uh, I never go to Toys R Us, because uh, I, frankly, I think they're overpriced, and... Uh, honestly, I'm the type of guy where if I see it, uh, online and it's cheaper, I'd rather do that, and sure, I have to wait the shipping time, but, uh, if I'm saving myself a couple bucks, that ends up adding up over time. So, because of that, and the fact that I almost never go to Toys R Us in general, despite the fact that, uh, their prices are a little exorbitant in my opinion, uh, it just kinda came to be an equation where I just ended up being the bottom line as to why exactly they're closing down.
2: Yeah, I think we're all a little bit guilty of this in this day and age right. with like Amazon and pretty much any online shopping. I mean, you know, um, it's pretty easy to, you know, just to go buy something online. But um, I think down the line, when a lot more sto- stores close, like um, mm-hmm. Twice R Us, for example, or GameStop, we're going to ma- definitely miss that experience of going into a oh, store definitely. and just browsing, you know? Yeah. There's yeah. a
0: YouTuber I watch, uh, Matthew Brando. Um, he, uh, go check him out if you're listening to this. He's got maybe in the 10,000 subscriber range, but uh, during the Jurassic World line, he was doing reviews essentially on all the toys. Uh, quick synopsis: He's very critical. If he doesn't like a toy, he's not afraid to let you know. Um, besides that, he was actually he did a video on what he thought was the primary reason for Toys R Us closing down. Because going off what Leo said, you know, he was saying that their prices are a bit too much, and I do agree. At, at times, I feel like I'm spending five more dollars just because I want the toy right now. But at the same time, sometimes shipping isn't always free That's on true. certain websites. You know, you got sites like ToyWiz, who are charging you Toys R Us prices plus shipping. You know, there's stuff like that. But at the same time, it's like Toys R Us, you get it right then and there. But they really need to learn how to appeal to the consumer. Why are we shopping online? It's easy, you can do it in your bed. And look at this, it's $20 online, but in store it's twenty four ninety five. Does 95 yep. Does Toys R Us price match? I don't know, honestly. I know they have like rewards programs. I
1: want to say they don't price match especially now that they're uh, in such a dangerous place, they want to be making as much profit as humanly possible.
0: They have a credit card you can apply for where uh, it's a Toys R Us credit card that gives you a discount on every purchase. I can't remember if it's somewhere around 10%, something like that. But along that line as well, they also have this program where I believe it's every $100 you spend, you get like a $10 (laughs) coupon. But it's like that hundred dollars is gonna come by quicker because they're already charging you, what seems to be at least like five percent more than other places.
2: Yeah, um, I know a lot of people talk about like the idea of GameStop closing down, like mm-hmm. kind of like how Blockbuster did after a well, while after yeah. you know Netflix took over those kind of things. How do you guys feel about that? You know, I mean, I've never thought of that honestly. Um, that's
1: something I haven't given much thought to either. But we I saw think- Game Crazy die. But yeah. that's because GameStop was a much more populated uh, store. Well,
2: well, the, the the thing, the reason why I say this is because um, if you look at the revenues that GameStop has made over the years, like year by year, the revenues are going down, and mm. that's kind of an indicator. Like, um, you know, for us, you know, we're collectors, we like yeah. physical games. Yeah. but The the average consumer nowadays, like, if you think about it, like kids in middle school and um, younger than that probably don't really care about physical games as much as we might, you know? And on Honestly, top of that,
1: for like uh, parents buying games for their kids, why would they take a trip to the store whereas they could save that gas money and just buy it yeah. for them digitally? Especially yeah. if uh, a lot of the games that come out digitally tend to have some sort of discount applied to them. Yeah.
2: I know um, GameStop was trying to do that kind of like their own, um, do you remember my, what it was called, Leo? It's like... It was kind of sort of similar to a rental service where you pay a...
1: Oh, I don't remember what it was called, but I know what you're talking about. The, uh, It was the service where you get to rent six games over a period of six months, and you get to keep one of those six for free.
2: Hmm. I think I think you pay... No, it was actually you pay 60 bucks um, for half a year, I believe. And then you can rent as many games as you want as possible, but at the end of the duration, you get to keep a, a, a free game pretty much. So it's essentially, yeah...
1: It, it, and I think that's a pretty cool little system because uh, you're paying the, the price of one game to, mm-hmm. to play as many games as you want. And on top of that, the one that you enjoy the most is the one that you get to keep. And hey, if you like other ones too, you feel more enticed to actually buy them as opposed to getting that buyer's remorse that comes with buying a game that ends up sucking. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And if you look at GameStop too, uh, they totally taken a page out of the collector's market. They know, they know people like us exist. Mm-hmm. And they know there are people like us who will spend stupid amounts of money just to put something on their shelf. You know, I got a $100 Gremlin that I spent back there that Spider Gremlin, which I'm pretty pissed. Uh, just FYI, it's coming reissued in like <laughs> two months for $50 oh, in store. Man. Yeah, but fuck, forget about that. But anyways, you could see what they're going for because when I walk into a GameStop now, I sometimes feel like as if I'm walking into an FYE or a Hot Topic mm-hmm. where they got like t-shirts, statues, trading what, cards basically all the memorabilia apart from what you would actually come yeah. to expect what, what's
2: yeah. that what's that um that other company they owned thinky Thinky, think there we go yeah definitely
0: I think that's the devil though <laughs> cause it's like they they found a reason to take their clearance items and no one gives a shit about to kind of gouge you with because I don't I don't know who I blame Loot Crate for all this stupid like if I give you five random things it equates to one really good thing yeah you know what I mean and so um, you got things like them scalping the NES Mini essentially off the people.
2: Oh yeah, they had those bundles where granted the bundles were cheaper relative to like eBay prices, but yeah. like it was still should be. It's not really just it's like look at me, I got That's a fucking lamp
0: that looks like Mega Man's gun. But I also <laughs> got... <laughs> especially because if you think about it,
1: uh, the NES Mini, NES Classic Edition, whatever you want to call it, retailed for sixty dollars, and they'd include an item that was being clearance at a GameStop for about. 5 to $10, but they make yeah. that $40 price hike so that they can make it go to a $100. or in some cases, a lot more than that. Yeah. GameStop's
0: weird with stuff that they clearance. I don't know if yeah. you ever looked at the clearance stuff, but the, there's, like, this company. I don't know what company it is at the top of my head, but they essentially do Legos of Pokemon. And they're still, I'm guessing they're successful because they're on their second wave right <laughs> now. Uh, but their first wave included the likes of Charizard, Gyarados, Pikachu, Wartortle, Bulbasaur. Uh, the starters essentially from Gen 1. And right now they're currently on Series 2. And they got stuff like Blastoise and Snorlax and Munchlax. But I went through the clearance stuff one day with my girlfriend because she was uh, getting an itch to build some Lego stuff. And I know that they had some Pokemon stuff at GameStop. And I went there. And for some odd reason, only the Charizards were clearanced. And they had like a sale. It was like buy one clearance item, get one free if it's like same or lesser value. So I went in with the intentions of buying her Charizard in general, because I kind of wanted to build that with her. I thought that would have been fun. I like Pokemon. She wants to build this little Lego thing. And we went in. The guy told us Charizard is actually on clearance, and it's buy one clearance, get one clearance item for free if it's equal or lesser value. But they were weird about it because it was like Charizard was clearance, but Gyarados wasn't. And some of the cheaper sets, such as Pikachu, Ivysaur, Wartortle, they weren't clearance. And I was kind of confused as to that, because it was like... You got Charizard, who is one of the main, I would say, mascots, if you ask a lot of people that have played Pokemon before. They would probably say that one of their favorite childhood Pokemon was probably Charizard. Mm -hmm. You know, up there with Blastoise and stuff like that. But I was just like, why is Charizard clearance, but not... Pikachu, War toward all them. I was getting the Char- two Charizard sets for cheaper than I would two Pikachu sets. Hmm, you know awesome. what I
2: mean? Um, so, do you guys want to continue with this topic, move along, have anything else to say about it?
1: Uh, Personally, I think we f- we should move on to the next item on the shelf.
0: Okay. <laughs> so what's next on the shelf, Leo?
1: Um. Next on the shelf, we have actually a very similar topic. The future of gaming.
2: So, do you guys want to include contemporary gaming briefly, and then go into future where we might see it going, or just? It's all Let, on you guys. Let's start retro, go contemporary, and then that's go a good future. point. That's a good point. So, any of you want to start with retro? You guys go for it. Okay. Um. So, um, we've been collectors for a couple of years now, and um, during our time, we came kind of in like the up, the rise of like um, retro video games. Kind of in, I'm not gonna say the mainstream, but it definitely um, got m- much more popular. You'd see. You'd see, um, you know, prices go up and stuff, and people starting to collect more. And um, in my opinion, certain consoles are starting to go down, but others are kind of going up. It's kind of like a, you fluctuation. know, it's a fluctuation, you know. And um, it's still interesting, you know. We still collect and such, but it, it's interesting to see how like the market uh, has changed over these last couple of years.
1: And admittedly, because of the a lot of the systems that I have interest in are, frankly, expensive, it's got me to kind of slow down on them and. Uh... Uh, collect for a lot of these more modern systems because something like the Sega Saturn, uh, there's only like a couple games that I would like to get at the price that they are available now, and most of the ones that I would want are ridiculously expensive.
0: Why don't you talk about the sale you just experienced?
1: What sale exactly?
0: Uh, There was one where you you were buying a lot of games that would be at GameStop right now, or some that were a little bit cheap, but not I would say cheaper, but some that were like previous gens. But there were games that you saw that would probably be currently in GameStop that you were getting for a, a fat steal. I'm sorry, I'm
1: still struggling to remember Square Enix? that. Oh,
0: the Square Enix. Cell? Jesus Christ, Leo. How yeah, many, I should have. Yeah, I should have. You
1: made recently. <laughs> I, I haven't made that much, but for some reason I just wasn't thinking about the Square Enix. Cell. Okay, so for those that uh, don't know, around February 14th through all the way through about February 20th. Square Enix was having a sale for their anniversary, I believe their 30th anniversary, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, in that sale, uh, they were having many items at up to 80% discounts. So because of that, you could get PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 3 games for $4. Mm -hmm. (laughs) PlayStation 2 and PlayStation P... uh, PlayStation P. Uh, PlayStation 2, PSP... PlayStation P. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) <laughs> hey, I'm gonna start calling that. <laughs> now. Oh my god! Hey, you playing your PlayStation P Vita, Leo? The Vita? I mean. <laughs> um. Okay, so PSP,
1: PlayStation Two, and PlayStation One games were at three to two dollars. Yeah. With every once in a while, them being four. collectors editions for PS3 and PS4 games, were at anywhere from like
0: six to twenty dollars. Let me tell you, that's where they messed me up, fat. Yeah. Like I saw collectors editions. Yeah, Game over. <laughs> Both Isaac and I
1: spent about seventy dollars on our purchases. Shit. And truth be my told, my girlfriend's
0: gonna hear this, dude. I'm about to get you out, bro. Uh My girlfriend's gonna hear this. She'd be like, "Where'd that seventy dollars go, huh?" <laughs> <laughs> truth be told, though,
1: had it not been for the fact that games like uh Near, World of Final Fantasy on the PlayStation 4 or PlayStation Vita, and a couple of uh, other titles had been sold out. I'm pretty sure I would have spent closer to a hundred, if not more than that,
0: dude. Because the thing is, we are getting games at ridiculous amounts of prices. Yep. And
2: and another thing is, these games are brand new too. Yeah,
0: brand new, sealed, sealed factory yeah. sealed. I even bought some PS2 games just because they're some of my favorite games of yep. all time, just so they could be sealed. I didn't care if they had greatest hits on them. They're sealed. FF10, Kingdom Hearts One, Two, sealed. They're going to be now in my collection. Granted, they're going to have that stupid red label on them. I but fuck it. A little bit of side note. It's
1: never really bothered me like the collectors edition or um, not collectors greatest edition hits. greatest hits variants and such like that. The What's only on one PS that 3? The only one that really bothered me was the uh, Nintendo Selects uh, cuz it oh, on nick. the Wii on the Wii U specifically cuz yeah, the blue box does not match
2: with the
0: red label with the piece on
2: them, nick border. Um
0: you you're the only one out of the three of us that owns a Wii U. Yeah, <laughs> so.
2: I'm I own a Wii U and I have like I'm going to say like 24 games for it, pretty much. That's pretty much all the good games I would say. I have some couple, you know. I have Sonic Boom. That's not a great game, but um, as far as like the um, Nintendo Selects, um, it, it really clashes with the blue, um, the blue cases. Like for example, with the um, 3DS Nintendo Selects, I think they look fine. Same with the Wii ones, but they're just—it's so ugly. It's what are your know. favorite greatest hits looking? Honestly. Um, I like the simplicity of the GameCube ones. Like, oh, the, the yellow border. Like, I know a lot of people don't like that. No, those
1: are
0: nice. I like those. I gotta go with the controversial one. Let's what? Hear it. The PlayStation 3. Dude, hey, shout out to Radical Reggie. Um, Leo, what was Reggie's idea?
1: Reggie's idea was um, taking the red boxes from PlayStation 3 Greatest Hits games... And uh, if you're not a fan of Greatest Hits titles, taking out the label, the game, all that such. And giving them to horror games, that way it gives it that more horror,
0: blood, grotesque aesthetic. Your Resident Evils, your Silent Hills, <laughs> all that. It, we uh, actually ran into Radical Reggie at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo last year. Super nice guy. Super nice guy. If you ever see him, go talk to him. He, he loves to talk to people that know who he is. And that's always fun because it's like, dude, I watch your stuff. I enjoy your stuff. And he's like, I'm excited to hear you say that. Hold on. uh, I just want
1: to, if you're comfortable with it, tell the audience what you told him the very first time you met him. Not
0: last year, but the year before that. What did I tell him? Oh, yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) if any of you have ever watched any of Reggie's content, he loves anime waifus, otaku stuff. Basically, you know. In lesser terms, weeb stuff. And in no disrespect to anyone who finds themselves whining with the term otaku or anyone who loves anime. Because I love anime. If you're watching behind me, I got a shit ton of VHSs right there. A lot of them are anime. I got Neon Genesis. I got Cowboy Bebop. You know, I got Ghost in the Shell. I got all kinds of stuff that I just love. There, Devil Man. Uh, I, I spent fifty dollars on a Devil Man soundtrack, which is a beautiful show on Netflix. All right, get back soundtrack. on track. All right, so, uh, basically, I called Reggie a weeb without calling him a weeb. I was like, yo, the first time I met him I was like, I'm I'm happy to have someone like you on YouTube, you know, just talking about weeb shit like waifus and video <laughs> games and he was like, Man, that's what it's all about. Like that's what he told me. And it was like one of the most like genuine responses ever used oh, yeah. nice guy.
2: You, you know, whenever you um whenever I mean obviously we're a fan of a lot of these YouTubers, but whenever you like um, think about meeting somebody in general, you have an idea of how them like all might go down but yep. like gen- um for the most part i've never interacted like the people we've interacted with have never been bad by any means but like reggie was very genuine and he was like genuinely happy to see us which was great
0: for sure i just realized that we got extremely off topic from the uh, oh, well, initial back onto it because yeah. we were talking about the future of gaming and yes. you were talking about the the sega sega saturn yeah my opinion is is like what if it goes and takes a turn of the route let's look at Things like music collecting all right Mm -hmm. let's look at that what 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 has happened we've seen people go all the way back let's take it back you got the record you got the eight track you got the cassette you got the cd and then you got digital and then cds were still being produced but at some point you started seeing records coming back into production and then at some point you started seeing cassettes come back into production and even strangely so uh I've seen, not nearly to the
1: extent of vinyl, and definitely not nearly to the extent of cassette, or either of them, um, <laughs> every once in a while you'll see an A-track be produced like No, a,
0: yeah, 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 totally. Uh, uh, actually,
1: the band Ghost, the shirt I'm wearing right now, they released a live album recently on A-track, and that was <laughs> just something that I thought was funny, and even funnier than that is also that, uh, a band, I can't remember their name, I, I don't think I've ever heard of them, but, uh, um... They released their album on VHS, (laughs) and
2: (laughs) it's just a little funny. I think. Um, The thing about like um, we were talking about how there's kind of a fluctuation of like um, trend. Trend, yeah. Like, um, like I was. Sometimes I think like, will these games hold value down the line? I think certain ones will.
0: No, no. Because if you look, they totally are marketing to people just like us. Because you'll see like people like Limited Run Games making physical stuff. You see these. I don't remember off the top of my head, but there's a subscription-based service where essentially once a month, they'll send you a game that was only supposed to be released digitally, but they'll release it as Indie if Indie Box. Were- Indie Box. There you go. And they'll release it as if it were in box, and it has like this sort of motif as if it's some sort of collector's edition. And it's like the closest thing you got to owning this game, CIB, as the collectors would call it, complete in box, for those who are, are not knowing what the term is. But uh, then you got... You know these things where you're going the complete opposite direction. Yeah, and it's uh, you, you look at GameStop, they got these digital cards. Yeah. You know yeah. you can go into GameStop right now and buy gold or silver version. And they give you a card yeah. and you scratch off the code. Yeah. That, or you that's see weird. Oh, sorry. No, uh, go ahead. no go ahead.
1: Or you see, for example, that a lot of games with indie, it makes a lot of sense to release their games digitally first. Then if it's successful, go physical. But there's also some games out there that aren't necessarily indie titles, not triple A either, but. They decide to go the digital route, and I think that's what's uh, causing the consensus that we're gonna go into a digital future. And I don't think it's gonna happen anytime soon, but I do see it happening at some point.
2: Um, yeah, I definitely agree because, like, um, if you look at like what PlayStation and Xbox are currently doing with their with their um stuff, like, obviously the PC PC market has been that way for a while. Mm-hmm. But the thing about um, Xbox, I know they have this subscription service where you pay like ten dollars a month, and pretty much you could download um pretty much any game that they have on there for free yeah. at that point and i know playstation has that playstation now where you could pretty much instead stream. of da- yeah you stream you stream the game to your um console or pc or whatever mm-hmm. instead of downloading i think i think we're gonna go that route but um i've heard a lot of argu- people argue that it's gonna take a while just because yeah. not everybody has solid internet like that yet so yeah that's fucked up yeah. yeah
1: and on top of that um even though we are largely digital i don't think that uh The sale of physical games has uh, died down enough for us to say, oh, it's going to happen within the next two, three to five years. Yeah.
0: I mean, going back, uh, I I know I was uh, kind of backtracking right now when I I do this, but um, going back to the channels like uh, Techmoan, if you ever look them up, they do a lot of uh, retro music technology stuff. Uh, You're kind of seeing this stuff happen. Techmoan does like, you know, the review companies today that will produce things like cassettes or mini cassettes stuff like that um you're seeing that kind of happen you see these companies releasing Street Fighter physical again there's a Nintendo 64 game that we never got that was released on Playstation I believe it's called like 40 Winks. oh Oh, I know what you're talking about yeah yeah there's a new Nintendo 64 game essentially being mastered and remade or not and remade if it's gonna be on 64 (laughs) it's not remastered it's it's being muddy textures and all it's being ported it's being ported but, essentially, the fact of the matter is, the Nintendo 64 came out in 1996, and we're getting a new game for it, if it comes out this year, in 2018. And that also brings me to a weird point, probably my favorite point
1: about uh, the future of video games is that, old is new again. No, yeah. yeah. You said it's, and it's like,
0: like, like I said with, with, with the music thing, the only reason I bring it up is because it's like, as long as people have an interest... That's where there's going to be yeah. a direction. Exactly. exactly. Target's been selling records. Vinyl. Exactly. Vinyl. Wherever there's market, people will, will gravitate to I'm you know? just waiting for people to start selling cassettes again, though, because I have a you see, cassette set collection.
1: You see companies like Retrobit, for example, uh, teaming up with Sega, and the possibilities of, of that are actually pretty interesting, but some that I think are definitely going to happen are, for example, uh, reproductions of old games, or if not that, then uh, bringing physical copies of games that are now... Uh, um, like uh, were either exclusive to Japan or mm-hmm. are some of the homebrew hack types to uh, f- actual physical format, and that's very interesting and intriguing to me.
2: Yeah, I definitely see like, for example, like how you brought up the um, the thing with Retrobit and Sega. I, I definitely see them going into like manufacturing like um, clone consoles, Ooh. and I think down I think down the line you'll see um you'll see this see the same thing with like N sixty four, but the reason why the N sixty four hasn't happened was because they still have the patent to it. So, like, that's why there's so many NES and Super super NES ones. Mm. So, down the line, once some of the patents um, expire, you'll see much more clone consoles. And we really haven't seen any for, like, the CD-based systems yet, so it'll be interesting to see how those come. I guess that kind of leaves us into a good transition to talk about what's next on the shelf and is
0: many consoles you would like to see be done. Personally,
1: number one uh, mini console would be um, an all-in-one Sega CD, 32x, Genesis. Oh, yeah, that that would be pretty great. And this Dang, is just man. this is me just being a video file, but please, please do not just do that composite garbage. Have it.
2: I know it's, RGB it's, is impossible,
1: but have it do
0: HDMI.
2: It's gonna. I'm pretty sure nowadays most of them are doing HDMI, which yeah, is man, great. The
0: yeah, the yeah. Straight up goes on now,
2: are you lot. guys talking about? Are you referring to a mini, like, as in the NES, the NES Classic, or are you talking about like a clone console? I guess I'm just talking about clone consoles because
0: I guess the mini part is just a gimmick, right?
2: Yeah, like, just a like, small form factor, yeah, easy like, access. To- I
0: wouldn't care if they like redid a PlayStation and it were the same exact size, but it still had a library already downloaded onto it.
2: Yeah. yeah. Definitely, um, one I would look forward to is like. um I look forward to, like, a Dreamcast, because, Ooh. because, um... Sega I'll, in general, man. Yeah, um, the thing about the Dreamcast is, obviously, in North America, it was not, only out for a couple years, but I think it, it has a really good library, especially, like, considering most of them are first-party, for how long it was out for, but I think, um, if you were to make a clone console or have not kind of, like, the games installed, either way, I think that'd be kind of a good, um, a good thing to go about, because a lot of people remember the Dreamcast, you know, like... Even people who aren't gamers, they'll they'll remember it, even though they might not. They're like one of your favorite consoles, now? Yeah, it's it's up there. Um, usually, that and the GameCube are my favorite. Definitely, definitely, that generation is one of my most remembered in um, in gaming for sure.
1: And what about you, Isaac? Clone console,
0: dude kind of going off of uh, I'd say the 64 but it almost seems inevitable at the rate Nintendo's going Mm -hmm. that it's already going to happen yeah I kind of almost want to just not include any Nintendo console because it seems as though those are in their line of vision at the moment so I would probably say something along the lines of you know going off of what you were saying something the Sega CD based type because I love the Sega CD I love the 32X my biggest problem was um, the Sega Frankenstein as I would like to call it the tower of power yeah you know having my Sega CD connected to my Sega Genesis connected to my Sega 32X maybe if there was something that compiled them all into one and it had a library of games along with also being able to play the physical ones but um, I actually learned something through commenting on YouTube stuff I believe there's a video Norm the gaming historian did and I was commenting on it he was essentially talking about a similar subject essentially what would you want to see in a clone console, and I was bringing up that I would like to see, essentially, a compilation of all three of them into one that could also read physical, yes. but uh, they were saying that the rights were dispersed between Japan, Sega, and Sega of America, <laughs> with the 32X and the Sega CD being Japan holding the Sega mm-hmm. CD, and America holding the 32X. So not only would you have to get the okay from, like, one of them, you have to get the okay from both, <laughs> and this is, like, kind of a weird... Line where all of a sudden it's like, you've got this one company you think would just be able to say, okay, let's do it. But both of them would have to say yes. And they both kind of, they would fuck each other over sometimes. Yeah. That's you know? True. So it's like, ideally I would want a 32X Sega CD Genesis clone console that could also read physical CDs and games. And I'm going to add on to that.
1: Maybe have like a little power base mini converter so you could play mm-hmm. Sega Master System. Oh,
2: Fantasy Star. Yeah. Ooh.
0: Yeah, that's nice. Pretty much...
2: Yeah, that'd be great.
0: That that'd be my ideal one. And if I can't get <laughs> that, PlayStation on, I get, One. I, I gonna, I'm gonna
1: interrupt you again uh, on that idea of the Sega Master System uh, power base Mini. If the game is the same architecture, then add that <laughs> might on as too. Well, right. Yeah, yeah, might as well. You already did. Mean, kind of like a <laughs> retro rideable. 5 just
2: for Sega, you know?
1: Yeah. And but uh, even though it's not possible at this point, I think it would be great if it worked on FPGA-style hardware as yeah. opposed to. The standard emulation, even though FPGAs are technically a form of uh, emulation, uh, it's it's hardware driven as opposed to software driven. So, it, you if you do it correctly, you could have it be far more accurate. You
2: want to briefly explain what you mean by that, Leo? Because some people might not.
1: Uh, FPGAs, otherwise known as field field programmable gate arrays, are gate essentially... array. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, let me know in the comments if I am. I'm not afraid of being wrong. Um, are essentially not chips, but boards, uh, that are programmable to mimic a certain type of hardware, for example. So, you see things like the Analog NT or the Retro USB AVS both be FPGA systems, and they're heralded as being almost one-to-one with the original NES, whereas a lot of clone consoles or emulators can be a little off, where it be the color, the actual emulation of the system, slowdown speeds, any number of factors, and it's attributed to the fact that it's doing hardware emulation as opposed to software emulation. So because of that, uh, you're mimicking an, ent- an entire system as opposed to mimicking how the
0: game plays a system.
2: Hmm. So, you guys want to continue with this or would you want to move along to contemporary stuff? Well, I mean, Nick, what would you want if you wanted like a clone console to come out? Well, I already said the, the Dreamcast, and then obviously I would... I think the GameCube is obviously, you know, but that's probably eventually the online inevitable. It just... We'll it, be like
0: six more years, maybe. It's we'll just, it,
2: the, 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 just the concept of having like disc-based, um, you know, like clone consoles hasn't really came out yet, so it's kind yeah. of... We'll know. see
0: it. It's, it's like going back to it, I, I really think we're we're reaching an age where video games are kind of reaching that market that music has reached physical mm-hmm. media. Let me it's, say one that I think is completely pointless to me, at least the Game
1: Boy Mini. Because it's already a pretty small form factor and you're just making it even smaller. I think, if anything, it shouldn't be a mini system. It should be like a
2: Refined. the Game Boy
1: Home Console or something like
0: that. Well, you could call it the Game Boy Mini and just make it the fat Game Boy that they originally released and make it like the size <laughs> of a Game Boy Color but with a backlight.
2: And I, and I'd kind of refine it, you know? Yeah. Like you said, backlight, rechargeable battery and just put some ROMs on there as well Ooh. as a cartridge. Make it be able to play some... Um, You know, GBA game somehow, but you'd have to incorporate triggers on the back somehow. And Uh, at that point,
1: it might as well just be a Game Boy Advance Mini. Dude, these
2: bootleg companies are beating Nintendo to it. Oh yeah, there's that. There's (laughs) that. I forgot what it's called. It's like the Color Boy GB or something. Something Mm -hmm. like. It's like. Oh, the GB
1: Boy, I think. GB
2: Boy Color. GB. I don't know, but anyway, it's pretty much much an aftermarket um, Game Boy Color, but it has a backlight built in. It's pretty, from, from what I hear it, sorry to interrupt you. yeah like it's it's pretty pretty good for I mean being a um, aftermarket one for my hair at least. yeah
1: I've heard it's resoundingly great the only flaw I've ever really heard about it is that uh, it's the screen isn't displayed in the correct aspect ratio so because of that for example uh, you know the uh, pyramids in Super Mario Land mm-hmm. uh, they would just be pixels going left and pixels going right down and they're single singular pixels but because the screen is stretched you might get little aberrations, it looks a lot wider and more rectangular than it needs to look. But apart from that, I've heard it's a it's an astonishing system for the price point and for what it is. Really. Yeah, I
0: mean, I'd be kind of down to buy it, dude. It's just a, a clone Game Boy that has games yeah. that everyone would love on it. You know, it saves me from having to buy some certain physical copies. Oh, I have a Revo K101. Haven't used
1: that thing in a while because I just used my backlit modded uh, Game Boy Advance. But the thing that was nice about that, I'm getting extremely off topic here, is that on top of playing a Game Boy Advance, it also had support for this thing called a K-card, which is basically their proprietary um, cartridge. Cartridge emulators, right? Yes. Yeah. It, it, it's the same shape and size as a standard Game Boy Advance cartridge, but it doesn't work with a Game Boy Advance. Just the Revo k 101 hmm. Interesting. And With that, uh, you were allowed to install emulators for the Game Boy Advance, the Game Boy Line of Families, and 8-bit systems, be it the NES, the Sega Master System, or the Sega Game Gear. And, once again, going further off-topic, I find it really interesting that the Game Gear was one of them because the Game Gear has uh, the same screen real estate as a as a Game Boy. But in that emulator, it had an option to Basically, not stretch the screen size, but show you more of the screen. So, for example, say you have this is what your normal uh, screen is. Mm-hmm. If uh, the, it would give you the option to also show you what's going on over here and over here, so you're getting a more full screen experience out of yeah. it.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely hate games like, for example, um, on the Game Gear they have Mega Man. I forgot which. <laughs> it's like Mega Man takes up like. A fucking third of the whole screen? Yeah, That's actually the game I tried it out on. It makes it a lot
1: easier yeah. to play it. Jesus I've Christ. heard that
2: I've heard that court isn't bad necessarily, it's just the aspect ratio where you're kinda of doing like leaps of faith at certain points, you know. But yeah. Um What's next on the shelf, Nick? Um, let's see Leo. What what do we got? Uh well, you guys want to move into contemporary, like how we feel about like contemporary consoles, PC market kind of thing?
0: Sure. Or what else? What else do we Or have? what about the, the, the merchandise? Like,
1: oh, uh, odd video game tie ins? Or... Like the.
0: I mean. Let me just. Right behind this. you. I, I, got, I got this for Nick. You can hear that. That's a box of cereal, rough mm-hmm. one. I, I work at a store. I'm not going to name it, just in case. You know, I never know what could happen with these types of things. KB Toys. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Of course. So, there's this cereal that. Nintendo made with Kellogg's called Super Mario Cereal. And this piece of, this cereal, (laughs) was really hard to get a hold of when it first came out. I had people at the store waiting till we opened to get it anytime we would have a shipment. So much to the point where there was a time where we weren't supposed to get a shipment but a different store didn't want a shipment. I don't know why they didn't. So they sent it to our store. And as soon as people caught word of it, it was sold out in minutes. And it's a box of cereal. And I'm sure people have had similar experiences. If you're listening to this, you probably had a similar experience if you're looking for it. Because I know it's people like us, we like things in box. We've seen the things <laughs> of yesteryear. You see the Nintendo Entertainment Serial console. Mm-hmm. You know, you see that on eBay for what, like $130 just really? for the box sometimes? Wow. Uh, for me, that. I want a box of Gremlin cereal, but there's only one dude on eBay and I've messaged you before who's selling one for $60 and won't drop the price. You see these retro cereals and people think, I could capture that again.
2: Oh, yeah. You know, so oh, yeah. they'll
0: go out and they'll... Scalp it. Scalp it, exactly. For those who don't know what the term scalp is, is where you buy something and sell it higher than the retail value because you know collectors will want it.
1: Within the, the period of uh, it being relevant, yeah. at least. Yeah, Urban Dictionary.
0: <laughs> and we go on and buy these things because sometimes it's our only option to getting these things. And something like a cereal, where it's not a game, it's not a figure... It's pieces of trash that are flavored to taste like candy <laughs> that you dump milk all over. That they could produce a bunch in a factory that we are having to scramble over. Lucky for me, though, I went in on one of my off days to a, a certain store and was able to find some boxes for me and my pals, you know what I mean? Some people wanted some that I knew, and we have had the worst of luck. I, I, from what I've been told, they've been upping production on them. I don't know how true that is, but from what the internet has been saying, people have been having better time finding them. I don't know if it's just the scalpers stopped carrying, because I would see them sell from forty dollars, and now they're selling for around nine dollars on eBay. So I got some for us. So we got them, and I don't know, man. It's just how do you guys feel about stuff like that, like scalping in general, just like. Video game merchandise, is it justified to even put that scalp price tag on it? It's... I
1: would say no, especially because you also got things like the uh, Final Fantasy Cup Noodles. Yeah. Um, it, and it's also very strange because, okay, normally Cup Noodles are about 30 cents. <laughs> I think uh, stores capitalize on the fact that they got that Final Fantasy brand because I saw them being uh, up to 60 cents for those specific ones, and they're all over the place, don't get me wrong, yet still. If you get the three variants of the Cup Noodles Final Fantasy ones, uh, them being the Lightning one, uh, the Warrior, Warrior of Light, and the Cloud one, put them all together, you could have sold listings on eBay for something that would cost you what? Uh, that'd be 180, a little over two bucks 180 and cents, so that'd be one eighty. Yeah, and then. Basically, people sell them for about 12 bucks. Sold listings.
2: Wow. I didn't know that people were scalping those, man. That's, no, yeah, yeah,
0: you got Top Ramen, dog. Yeah. <laughs> it's practically cardboard that you add water to. But no But you put a cloud on it, and it's like, damn, dude, like, suddenly people care. I went ahead and bought a case for myself, bought some lightning ones, some warrior Blight ones, and a case of cloud ones, and I spent probably like five bucks. But that's because, truth be told, I thought I was gonna use them. I thought they were all gonna have DLC codes for Dissidia. Uh, which was uh, the Final Fantasy fighting game. Uh, long story short, Dissidia doesn't have an offline multiplayer, so there. That's my piece with that. <laughs> you can you can pick up your pieces on how I feel about an offline multiplayer that doesn't have multiplayer. You know what I mean? So, uh, the ramen thing is actually pretty cool because they can make so much of it. Um, if you really wanted it, you can get it now. But like Leo said. These things pop up on eBay still being sold for $12 for the set. <laughs>
1: Despite the insane, fact man. that you could just go to a store and buy it for less than $2.
2: You know, I, I've heard people, like, um, with when it comes to scalping with certain things, like... Um, I think, like, cereals and this stuff is kind of um, just weird in general. But, like, I heard some scalpers um, try to give the argument that, oh, I'm, giving, I'm providing a service to people to get it to them easier. Oh, and bullshit. I'm, I'm just like, oh, that's so bullshit, dude. You're just... Whatever helps you sleep at night
1: is
0: basically yeah. what they're doing. It's yeah. just like congratulations. You're rationalizing being a dick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah.
2: They know what they're doing. Luckily, with like certain things, it doesn't scalp as much. Depending on like the supply. Like for example, I don't think the switch got scalped as much as like I thought it was gonna be. I'm but surprised by that. It
1: actually technically did at first, like, people yeah. tried to, but tried Nintendo to. was actually biting, up on up. Dude. Yeah.
0: Like, it wasn't biting, like, people couldn't sell them for $400 when they came out. Yeah. It only only $100 more than yeah. Switch.
1: It, I think, like, for the first, like, two, three days it actually worked, but then people realized, like, hey, Nintendo's actually keeping up with, the supply and demand on this one.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, the, the, the cereal thing is stupid, because Is, is, is the cereal,
2: have you tried it? It's delicious. Is it? It's I've, fucked I've, up, it's delicious. I've heard, I've heard, um, I've heard some people say it's really good, and then I've heard some people say it's not that great. Let me know. tell you, I've heard it's
0: Lucky Charms. No, it's not Lucky Charms. It's it's tricks with Lucky Charms. Yeah, that's what huh. I heard. That's the, interesting. I just so, let out a metal Jesus huh, out of interest. I just <laughs> no, because like it's like I can see why people would just say Lucky Charms because if you look at the box, there's just plain flavored
2: looking yeah, parts. it does with definitely. It definitely looks like Lucky Charms. Yeah, and, you know, that, that's like, and
0: that's what I thought. No, these little stars taste like freaking fat pieces of crunchy fruity pebbles really yeah Yeah. and then you got the marshmallows it's delicious dude it tastes like fat fruity pebbles with marshmallows that's delicious dude and it sucks because it sounds like something i'd be really addicted to and i think uh
1: still on the same topic but kind of the reverse flip side of it as opposed to video games turning into food sometimes you get food turning into video games and this hasn't happened to a while in a while but um (laughs) something like pepsi man Oh, okay. For the PlayStation One, it was a Japanese exclusive game, and if I'm not cor- if I'm not mistaken, it's actually an expensive game for whatever reason, despite it just being a prototype of like uh, these Temple Run type games. Yeah,
2: you got games like Cool Spot. You got some of the Chester Cheetah games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just kind of it's kind of. Weird. I heard uh, McDonald's and Treasure Line's a good game though, because it was made by Treasure. Mm. You guys remember when Burger King had those like 3 oh, 360 games? I heard a couple of them weren't too bad. I mean, they were just value-menu-priced games, just $3. I
0: expect, uh, I expect like, App Store-level games, you know yeah. what I'm saying? He's just, his Burger King, he's like, yo, how, how, t- how cool would it be if they made a McDonald's fighter?
2: <laughs>
0: you could play hey, as Birdie or Grimace. Hey, you know Grimace would be my main. <laughs> no, Grimace no, no, would no. be the main, he'd be the brawler.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Why not uh, make a, a just, fast-food fighter? Exactly, call it Food Fight You or got something. Carl, oh, you got, man. you got, the Jack King. would be the
0: best. Jack would be OP.
2: The Arby's glove? We gotta follow copyright on this one, boys. Jeez,
0: man. They're gonna get us in trouble, aren't
2: they? Alright, um, so, where are we at? I think we should stop the episode
0: for now. Well, thanks for having us in your podcast ears. You know, this was just a first recording we've done. A little rough draft, but it was also along the lines of something that we want to take more serious. We're glad that you tuned in, and please, feel free, subscribe, give us a comment, think of topics that you'd like us to cover. This is just uh, the boys signing out, and this has been Happy Shelf, the podcast.